Hi, I'm Dylan Taylor, Chairman and CEO of Voyager Space Holdings. I'm Ken Eppins, Founder and CEO of Orbit Guardians. Hi, I'm Raphael Rodkin, Founder of E2MC Space Ventures. And I listen to the Cold Star Project. And I listen to the Cold Star Project. And I listen to the Cold Star Project. This show is for entertainment purposes only and is not what is termed professional advice. The Cold Star Project is proudly presented by the Operational Excellence Society. Cold Star Tech is a supporter of the OPEX Society, and Jason Canigan is a member of its board of advisors. Talk with us at Cold Star Tech to find out what we can achieve together with your Lean Six Sigma or Operational Excellence programs. And check out opexsociety.org to learn more. It's been about a year since I had Nick Shalan on the show. He's the past Chief Software Officer of the United States Air Force and Space Force. And I wanted to catch up with him because I wanted to find out what new developments there have been in DevSecOps and what fundamentals are still important that we wish our leaders would understand. He has had his own show in this time, in the nick of time. And I wanted to find out like what his experience has been running his own show because you know we're past 225 plus episodes here on the Cold Star Project. It's been four plus years now. Uh, and the show here is quite different than it was in the beginning, let me tell you. So I wanted Nick on because he's a guy that I go to for the truth. You know, I always hear great things about him from other people. He doesn't know that I'm gonna say that, but it's true. And uh, they wanna hear from him too. So it's exciting to have him back. I also want to announce before we get into this interview that uh, David Hamilton of the America's Future Series and I are announcing a promotional partnership. Uh, there'll be a little more information about that coming up soon, but uh, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Um, David has put a ton of effort and years of his life into building the America's Future Series into the preeminent national security and space technology conference, physical and virtual conferences uh, platform that it is. So uh, I think it's going to lead to great things. We align on values 100% and uh, I'm looking forward to where that goes. In the meantime, let's get back to Nick Shalan and DevSecOps. Nick, welcome. So Nick, I appreciate you coming back. It's been about a year since we last talked. Uh, in that time, you stepped away from being the Chief Software Officer of the uh, U.S. Air Force and Space Force, and you've been doing your own thing. Tell me a little bit about what you've been doing business-wise in the year. Yeah, sorry. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, it's, been, uh, it's been a long time and a short time at, at the same time. It's kind I of agree. interesting how uh, time flies. I guess yeah. uh, looking back, you know, it's, it's, it's very interesting how you know, my time in the government was both the most frustrating and the most uh, rewarding uh, time in my life. And it's kind of interesting because I, I miss it quite a bit, particularly, you know, the people and, and the, the mission, right? I think that's yeah. something that uh, you can never replace. It's It's been difficult because, you know, when you touch this kind of uh, exciting uh, work, you know, going back to the commercial side, you're not going to build some stupid mobile app and be happy with yourself. You know, so you, <laughs> you want to you wanna come up with something that's pretty cool. And, and all my cool ideas require pretty massive uh, amount of work and uh, you know when you I guess when you sold a bunch of businesses and you have the complacency that I guess I have now uh, not having to make uh, you know money to to survive I guess you know it's it's interesting how you, you don't find the, the same amount of energy plus you know I have I have uh, three kids and they're four year old huh. and so it's <laughs> it's been you know fun to spend more time with them uh, what I've done so far, I guess, in the last uh, 14 months is uh, well, one is continue to, uh, you know, help the department when I can and when they let me do it. Uh, both, uh, you know, different uh, different CIO's office 
uh, helping with the you know the cloud and, and zero trust and software issues, still being the bridge often between teams and and uh, you know people in the government, kind of struggling to find what to go. Uh, they yeah. still have not replaced me, so it's a it's a big <laughs> problem, you know. And so what I've done is um, create uh, first uh, you know uh, a show uh, in the nick of time where right. we have a guest every every week. Uh, a lot of government people uh, coming from DoD and other agencies. A lot of tech discussions, deep dive, culture. You know, it's been a lot of fun. I think we're pretty. You know, I think we got fifty four what whatever episodes. So it's a lot of fun mm-hmm. every week. You know, Tuesday at one p.m. Eastern. And then, um, you know, I create along with Nick because I really think that the biggest uh, struggle we have is, uh, you know, about learning and the 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 kind of the inability of universities and schools to do right by their students. You know, I had multiple universities reach out to me to uh, build a curriculum on DevSecOps and digital transformation, but uh, they refused to update it more than every five years. And I, you know, I wanted every year. So I I try, hey, maybe we can settle and cut in the middle and do three years, but they refused even to do that. So no problem, you know, charging a bunch of money to students, but uh, they have a, they have a a problem doing the, the work, you know, so that's pretty despicable. And mm-hmm. so I ended up creating my own uh, platform. You know, we, we got a lot of uh, excitement. A lot of people subscribed, uh, doing a video every week, a live Q&A every other week. You know, so kind of pushing a lot of innovation, uh, a lot of content. We also launched a metaverse on Gather, which is kind of this Zelda-looking game where we have this kind of collaboration environment for people to come and share and learn. And there's kind of a Zoom slash, you know, a learning platform all in one yeah. with the cloud-native town. Uh, and it's 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 completely free. You know, companies can push the content. We have a lot of uh, innovation companies pushing their releases and explaining what they they're working on. Um, and I also joined, you know, the board of of twelve companies. So it's been a lot of fun too. Right. Yeah. Well, it sounds like despite the energy thing you're talking about, you've kept yourself busy. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I'm fascinated to hear about the university curriculum um, refusing to update more often than every five years um but the work is that you know maybe the fundamentals will be the same but the work is going to change and the uh, the tools oh, yeah. right so they're they're coming out it sounds like and then the employers are still having to educate them again <laughs> which uh yeah and you know when you know, look at uh DevSecOps particularly and you know digital transformation as a whole yeah. um even the foundation changes a lot you know and so it's uh I, you know, maybe not every five years, but I would say every two, maybe three, you know, so so having a five-year cycle is non-starter. Mm-hmm. But then, like you said, the the upper uh, piece of the training is is changing probably every year. So, yeah. uh, you know, with Learn with Nick, we, we're committed to updating the, the content every six months. So that's a lot of work, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, and I understand the pain of, of the universities. You know, I think the biggest problem they have is, you know, the, the, the teachers are not even... Uh, doing the, the 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 stuff so so how would they teach people how to do it and how do they keep up to then teach right so i think that's why mm-hmm. self-learning is kind of uh, so essential uh to get to the scale we need to be you know to get uh, all these uh, talents trained it's uh, hundreds of thousands of people we need to train on DevSecOps. um and i can tell you uh the the talent gap is is massive which which enables i guess employees to to ask for a pretty um crazy, I guess, uh, uh, base uh, salary, um, you know, despite having one or two year experience, we see DevSecOps engineers starting at 250000 a pop, 
which is, you know, probably a dream come true for, right. for many students <laughs> coming out of school with one or two year experience. I don't think we've ever seen something like this before, even in cyber. Right. Yeah, they're getting paid as much as the quants working on Wall Street. <laughs> uh, Which is well, good, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I guess. Um, but it sounds to me like there's uh, there's the opportunity to build in the ongoing learning, uh, you know, professional learning that lawyers, nurses, accountants, uh, people of this ilk have to keep doing, right? And keep, the, right. keep up on. Um, and, yeah. you know, it's the Wild West days, probably, uh, in this area. Right. There'll be more... Um, more structure as time goes on but <laughs> it needs guys like you uh to provide that you know that leadership we need to disrupt the you know the education market is probably the only market that that has yet to be disrupted so you what you, you've seen you know with uh, uber disrupting and uber like i guess technologies and companies disrupting many fields uh you know despite covid i think the education market has yet to really be disrupted in any uh, way shape or form in fact you know, uh, self-learning online um, has been uh, a pretty big failure for students. And uh, of course, uh, you know, uh, you cannot replace interactions. You know, mm -hmm. of course, the masks didn't help for the younger uh, generations too. Very disastrous. You know, I, I, I saw it firsthand with my, my four-year-old. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that was, um, you know, pretty insane to watch, you know, kids putting their hands in the uh, in the mud and then touching the mask, <laughs> you know, and it's just like mm -hmm. the, it's it's just not going to work, you know. So it's it's any anyone could see that coming five miles away, but uh, you know, it's it's just interesting how we learn, and and I guess uh, um, you know, changing the the, the velocity of learning is going to be the the big piece of the problem. But the other piece is self learning. You know, I think what I've done myself, you know, since I didn't even uh, go to college, you know, I. I had to learn to learn. And I think the issue you face now is uh, kids only learn by having this hand-holding hand hmm. learning experience, and they have yet to learn how to learn by themselves. And in IT, you know, you mentioned lawyers and, and nurses and so on, but, but the fact is IT's velocity of learning hmm. is, is much higher, I think, sure. right? And so when you look at the the, the 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 amount of learning you have to do, you know, I, I used to give an hour a day to my people to learn first to catch up and then uh, keep up. But, uh, you know, I spent probably an hour, an hour and a half watching YouTube videos and, and stuff like that, you know, uh, to, to just know what's going on. Mm. So it's um, it's a pr pretty big investment of time. And, and most people, you know, that's why I have my Learn With Nick tagline is invest in yourself because, uh, mm -hmm. you know, people spend a lot of money on stupid stuff, but they, they don't do it when it comes to learning. Yeah, true. If you have most uh, coaching programs, training programs and that, they never get taken out of the box. <laughs> it's uh, right. less than 5%. And I, I have companies uh, buying Learn With Nick. Yeah. It, is, it just makes me so upset. And then the the, mm -hmm. the employees are not using the seats and it just drives right. me insane. You know, not, not yeah. even, I mean, if it was, you know, if they logged in once and, and they don't they don't like the videos, it's one thing, but they don't even log in once, you know, yeah. and, and the companies <laughs> is paying. And I, you know, I make good money, but it, it's not the, the, the goal. The goal is yeah. to, you know, to educate people, it's just, it, it just drives me, I, that's why I did the metaverse, because I'm trying to find, you know, different ways to get people excited about, about learning and maybe a, a more, you know, collaborative experience. I think it's pretty fun, you know, but uh, mm. uh, even that, you know, people need to be reminded, right? So, so mm. you know, we didn't have notifications, for example, right, to remind people, hey, you have mm. not logged in for, for a week or, you know, you've not watched a video in, in, a, in a month, you know, so maybe that could be, a piece of the puzzle we're going to bring to the table this year. So this, the next year, I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah. Folks, when you're on a mission like Nick is, like I am, and you create a program and, and people pay for it and don't use it, there's a cynical audience out there who will say, well, you just got paid. Who cares? Uh, no, right. we we burn. We hurt <laughs> when, when people yeah. don't use our stuff. It's very, very upsetting. Uh, yeah. So, Nick, I, it, it, I want to... And you see, you see cat ahead. videos get millions of views. <laughs> right, right. It's yeah. so frustrating. It's like, okay. <laughs> right <laughs> let's drop yeah. i like a cat video too but like it's the lowest common denominator right. <laughs> that's what china is doing very well with duyan yeah. you know their mm. version of tiktok right mm -hmm. duyan is is pushing uh historical you know educational content meanwhile mm. we're, you know we're pushing twerking videos you know so with tiktok so right it's and it yeah if you want to get ahead in life what you fill your head with is is very right. important right sure we all like uh, a chocolate sundae once in a while but uh, if right. that's you all you're eating you got, <laughs> yeah. got a problem so i'm curious yeah. nick about about the production side of your show in the nick of time i yeah. remember you having the big contest for like what should i name this thing um you know, this this show, The Cold Star Project, I stay, I think I started doing it in 2018, maybe 2017. It's over 225 episodes. Uh, and so, yeah, and you're, you're at over 50, right? When yep. you get to that point and you're over six episodes or a dozen episodes, far past what most shows ever get to, right? Uh, you learn a right. thing about the process. And so I'm curious about what you've learned about picking and booking guests and doing the work. Yeah. You know, I, I find it to be not too complex. You know, mm -hmm. I, I guess uh, we're, we're booked, you know, often four months ahead. Mm -hmm. You know, we get a lot of people that want to come. You know, I guess we're the largest DOD show, but it's not very difficult because there's barely any uh, competition. You know, we get <laughs> yeah. about a thousand people live, uh, you know, every, every, and uh, you know, I guess my issue I'm facing now is, you know, for the last probably five months, we've, we've plateaued, you know, and, yeah. and we're not growing in, in views and it's it's been tough. I don't know. Um, I don't really care, honestly, but, um, you know, I, I've, I've, I've yet to find a way, uh, to expand, I guess, mm -hmm. the network, you know, LinkedIn, you know, it was so dependent on big tech. I think my, my biggest lessons learned, right. We were, we were so dependent on LinkedIn, particularly, yeah. you know, I have 45,000 followers there. Mm -hmm. Um, and they barely sometimes, you know, share my, my posts to, to 300 people now. Um, you know, when it's important stuff, when it's, when it's, uh, me going after Atlassian, you know, we get last this week we got one hundred and ten thousand views. <laughs> you know, but, but when yeah. it's uh, you know learning videos or, or like hey join join this event, you know, um, even if we do all the tricks, um, uh, you know, to to get the views, uh, we don't we don't get them. So uh, hmm. you know, I think um, right now I'm focused on building my own mobile app and my own um, you know we have our own mailing hmm. list and kind of notification uh, system. So we're not dependent on 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 those guys. But even emails, right? Uh, we see about a twenty percent opening rate, which mm. is not bad, but it's you know yeah. it's not great, right? So so then you know if people don't know about the show, how do you grow it? So I think the guest piece is is you know uh, fairly easy. We we you know my I guess my biggest struggle, you know, I care and I don't care at the same time. It's kind of interesting is we we don't have enough women on the show. Mm. You know, mm. I think probably at five or six yeah. out of you know fifty five or sixty, you know, it's just not enough. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, you know, I'm not looking like just for women. You know, I, right. I, I don't care about gender. I don't care about race. I don't care about you know what you like to do or don't do mm -hmm. uh, with your personal life. Um, I care if you you know if you bring you know a, a cool expertise and you want to talk about it and uh, you're interesting to 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 talk to. But uh, unfortunately, I guess in our industry, there's not not a lot of women. Um, particularly when you know when I talk to companies, I get they they always get to pick. So I don't you know I don't tell them hey mm -hmm. you know are you gonna send you know the 
you know, the, the CTO, CIO, or, you know, CMO lady instead of the, the CEO male. I, I don't know, you know. Um, you know, uh, it, 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 what's been interesting, I guess, is is the uh, volume of, of uh, you know, Indian, um, often Americans, but still, you know, mm -hmm. born in India, uh, immigrants, um, which which is great. You know, I think they are they are really, uh, I would say, controlling the C-suite of, of mm -hmm. many tech companies nowadays. It's, it's very in interesting to watch. Mm -hmm. You know, they're clearly doing something right in the education. I can tell you that. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, when I talk to them, it's always about how they were able to learn. So clearly, that's a pretty good lesson to learn for America there in terms of how do we uh, build the next generation stem uh you know people so you know that's kind of what we learned you know it's it's um it's a lot of I mean it's it's work you know but it, it's not rocket science you know I think the prep is you know 45 minutes mm -hmm. the the episode is an hour and a half you know um we don't have a, a team to help us really do all the the visuals and stuff so it's pretty mm -hmm. basic maybe we need to improve that you know there's a lot of stuff we need to improve but we don't we don't take advertising we don't take you mm -hmm. know it's not nothing it's paid so there's no bias you know yeah. i think that's yeah. very important so we don't make money with a show whatsoever it's it's a it's a money money waste i guess um but it's fun so. so yeah it's market market development same thing with us right we don't take right. on sponsors the only thing we have is our relationship with the operational excellence society because i'm an opex guy uh right. and i believe in the mission um that is in kind, right? There's no money involved. It's right. just us talking about it. So, yeah. Right. Um, okay. So let's talk about the general state of software security in the United States. You've had all these guests on the show, 50 odd yeah. of them over the last year. What have you learned from them? Because you came into this with a great body of knowledge, right? And I imagine like certain things were confirmed or there were little details where you were like, oh, <laughs> that's not quite like that, you know? And I'm interested in yeah. hearing about those. Yeah, we, we had a lot of amazing guests, you know, both in uh, the next wave of, of products coming with a software, a bit of material work, you know, that was uh, pushed by the executive order of the president, uh, pushing both the Zero Trust and SBOM. And, and I can tell you, you know, on both sides, we, we covered it quite a bit on the show. Uh, people that want to really uh, learn about Zero Trust and how to actually do it for real, not blow it. And I, I, had, a, I had an episode where we called it, you know, Let's debunk the the zero trust the bloat, you know, because people use the term now for everything. So, mm. you know, I think we we did a pretty good job, kind of uh, uh, explaining to the audience um, at different level of maturity, both what it takes mm. to do it and what uh, what really uh, you are looking for in terms of outcomes. So uh, it's been fun, you know. I think what I learned is uh, there's a lot of diversity of options, uh, a lot mm. of things to pay attention to. On how you implement the technologies, the risk of, uh, particularly the risk of multi-tenancy hosting. You know, you've seen many companies like Okta and other companies get hacked. Mm -hmm. um, you know, impacting multiple of their uh, customers. In in that use case, it was five percent, which sounds not like a lot, but it is a lot of, of people, depending of who was targeted. Of course, uh, a lot of companies. Um, and so, you know, when you when you look at uh, the risk of multi multi-tenancy, particularly of of critical uh, capabilities like identity management, you know, zero trust, um, uh, all the, uh, you know, um, Git uh, services and CICD uh, people, uh, you know, my discussions with, with telco CIOs and bank CIOs, um, people are telling me, hey, they're, they're walking away from SaaS multi-tenant service. They want to have the, the capability 
uh, brought by the company into their you know Kubernetes cluster and their environments mm -hmm. as a single tenant uh, offering, and they're still willing to pay the SaaS price. They don't care, right? But it but it's uh, about hosting and and having visibility uh, in the environment without depending on the SaaS uh, provider to tell them what's going on. Because keep in mind, you know, companies like Okta, for example, waited three months to disclose it to their customers, right? So, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, fear. Uh, I think what you see also is the 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 the, the malicious actors targeting now the the DevSecOps slash Git slash you know a development environment build server of the world uh, environments and that's that's really targeting uh, you know pre-production and people were not ready for that you know they thought of this as development environments but it's now your your crown jewel because mm -hmm. if people can get into that they can get into your production systems too and so. What you've seen is, uh, you know, with Lapsus targeting even big, big and small companies going after the Git repos, the build servers, you know, um, you, you've seen the, the Uber breach. We did a great video. You know, that's the other thing we do, right? We uh, we had uh, a video the two days after the, the Uber hack, and we managed to talk to the hacker to gather intel that pretty much nobody had uh, to be able to do a step-by-step -step process of what the hacker did and how did he get in and then laterally move to the Chrome Jewel all the way to become a full admin of their identity management stack uh, and be able to exfiltrate data there. Um, you know, that's that video, you know, came out, you know, two days after the hack. And that's that's the kind of stuff that people like, you know, they want to see mm -hmm. what's going on and, and how to prevent it. Right, right. Yeah, you were able to get some really good, basically real time feedback uh, after after yeah. the event. Yeah, we were <laughs> on Discord on the chat with a with a, with a hacker <laughs> chatting uh, live. Mm -hmm. asking questions um and uh you know it was you know people keep dismissing him as a kid that that just used a few tricks but he was smarter than people um you know think it's always easy to to you know to dismiss talents mm -hmm. you know but uh... <laughs> right. right the armchair quarterbacks out there yeah they have an edge <laughs> so right. if, if you could wave a magic wand nick and and like get a couple of ideas about devsecops into the heads of leaders and developers what what would they be well, one I think is to understand the importance of DevSecOps. You know, as as an investor myself, when I look at the key criteria uh, in 2023 uh, to to pick where to invest, I would tell you, of course, the team and the product matters. But I can tell you, in the top three, I would definitely put the DevSecOps maturity of the team. So, trying to see if they are able and capable of of uh, uh, moving at a pace of relevance and having that baked in security and that process in place. Uh, to be able to, uh, you know, bring software to life, uh, you know, in small increments in production uh, in the hands of the end users uh, with a very fast pace, without putting the the company at risk of both cybersecurity and 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 mistakes. Um, so that maturity of of enablement, you know, is complex because you end up having startups that need you know 10, 15 people just to build DevSecOps stuff so they can then focus on innovating and that's just not going to happen so mm. you know people will go to different services and different options you know that's great um and you know i i help you know i'm on the board of a few companies that, that do that but but the, the the key aspect is how do you understand it and how do you pay attention to it and more importantly you know we released a video on how to measure it right i think mm. the metrics of your velocity and security and, and devsecops maturity is essential to track, you know, as an investor, if you can't answer, you know, your mean time to production, mean time to recovery uh, questions, you know, I'm not going to invest in your product in 2023. 
uh, is too important not to know. It, it just tells me you're not paying attention to the key enablers to uh, bring you to success. So I think first is, you know, people need to realize that this is, this is not just some tech stuff. Mm -hmm. This is um, business enablement. And more importantly, I, I would argue you cannot compete in mm -hmm. a world of, of that kind of velocity without it. So, you know, people that just dismiss it as nice, nice to have are, are, are very wrong. The other piece is, you know, not getting locked into a single cloud provider or a single technical stack is so essential being modular and flexible, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and have the, the ability to, to swap and, and make decisions and try new things is what makes, you know, companies able to innovate uh, fast and fast and, and, and compete. So that's the other piece that, that DevSecOps would enable you to do. And of course, the last piece, if you actually do DevSecOps, and not DevOps is the the, the baked-in security aspect of, of zero trust. You know, we in my time in DoD, one of the biggest achievements we, we did was to publish the uh, DevSecOps uh, reference design and, and the architecture publicly so companies could adopt it. And, uh, you know, that was a half a million download in the first week, by the way, which is for, for DevSecOps PDF, you know, it's, it's pretty unheard of. Um, you know, and, and so you see now multiple telcos, banks, and healthcare companies and reach out to me and ask, you know, hey, if you could do this for banks, for for um, you know, bombs and bombers and jets and uh, space systems and nuclear systems, you can probably help me for my banking stuff. You know, so so again, you know, I think that's the enabler of moving to zero trust and moving to uh, you know, moving target defense and the continuous monitoring uh, with AIML uh, prevention. So so that's really the the key, right, to to mm -hmm. secure your network and your systems. Okay. Nick, this has all triggered a, a basic question. I mean, I've known you for over a year. I, I've got a pretty good idea of who Nick Shalan is, but I, <laughs> I've never blatantly asked the question, like, what is the mission that you're on? And and like we all have as leaders only and visionaries only 24 hours in a day. How do you decide what deserves your attention and what to just drop? That's tough, right? Because I, I like to help people as a whole. You know, I I particularly when they deserve it and, and they, they're putting the work and, and trying to do right. Um, so I, I take a lot of calls, you know, people reach out to me all the time and I try to help both companies that want to get into DOD and also people that just want to, you know, succeed in life as, as uh, IT professionals. You know, my, my main goal right now is, is very much still the same. It is to make sure that our kids have a fighting chance at winning against China mm -hmm. 20 years from now. And I can tell you, um, you know, since I left my, uh, my fear is growing both yeah. because we see the division right in the nation now between the parties and the people. And that's very concerning. You know, uh, even the talk of, of uh, civil war is, is very scary to me. But mm -hmm. but also, like you see the momentum gaining on, on anti-American um, from people born in the U.S. You know, that, that is just mind boggling to me, you know. I had I had someone reach out to me actually just uh, yesterday morning to, to tell me, hey, I won't even listen to your stuff because you have an American flag behind you, you know, and it's on my background wow. and he's, he's American, <laughs> huh. you know, he's yeah. American. Right. And apparently Stanford let yesterday decide that that saying we're American right, is, right. is also racist. So we can't yeah. do that. Yeah. So I, I will still I do it because I don't care, did. but. Yeah, I was I not happy to now, see that. So <laughs> I will still do it on purpose. So I don't yeah. care. And, and folks, uh, civil war. To people, you can't use words anymore, right? So <laughs> right. soon you have, you have no, no dictionary, you no, know, so, no, yeah, uh, I don't yeah. care. Uh, but so, so, you know, I think the goal is, is still China, right? And, and, mm. and that, that takes multiple facets, right? One is we need the best of breed companies to come and do business with DOD and the government. So we have access to best technologies. We need to do better at, you know, 
private-public partnership and go back to the days of ALPA, you know, during mm -hmm. World War II when we had the, the right engagements mm -hmm. uh, between the, the public and the private sector. We need to win at every battle, whether it's, you know, space, quantum compute, AI machine learning, right, um, hypersonics, right, all this, this key uh, capabilities. You know, I can tell you the nation that's going to be controlling uh, AI machine learning uh, will control the world, right? And mm -hmm. so uh, when I hear AI ML companies refuse to do business with DOD and say, hey, you know, I can do business stuff, but I'm not going to help in any way, shape or form, you know, with anything related to weapons, even Intel, uh, intelligence, mm -hmm. right? Um, gathering or, or image image detection on satellite to mm -hmm. be able to see what we're targeting better, you know, which, which by the way, would have prevented us from bombing the bus you know, during the Afghanistan debacle where we, we killed mm. 13 kids by accident, if we had better imagery uh, technology detection, we would have known these, you know, kids in the bus and we would mm -hmm. probably not have bombed it. So, you know, companies that just show up and say, oh, you know, I'm not going to help you. Well, you know, you just helped kill 13 kids. So thanks. Uh, but, but you know, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, people need to understand. And, and you know, you know there's, there's two bubble, right? We have the, the Kumbaya bubble in the Silicon Valley, right? And then we have the, the, the complacency slash incompetence really bubble of DOD. And, and I think if they don't pop and, and merge into a, and join us into the real universe of the actual real life, you know, where we have, uh, uh, you know, the, the fear of, of competing against China, but also, uh, you know, the, the velocity of innovation that you see on the commercial side. You know, I always, always tell people if, if we sent uh, the Pentagon leaders for two weeks at SpaceX, their head, head would implode, you know, they, they couldn't take the velocity. Mm -hmm. uh, they have no clue how to move at a pace of relevance. It's, mm -hmm. it's not a thing. You know, they, they're just used to that. And and by the way, it's good that I left because you becoming part of the problem when you stay too long in the mm -hmm. building, you get mm -hmm. used to that lack of velocity. Mm -hmm. And I was starting to even adjust my timelines because I knew how the building would work. Mm -hmm. And that's how you become the problem. Huh. Well, this you just brought up a ton of stuff. Uh, you know, I've got China questions here, obviously. Uh, well, we'll get back to that. I touched on that. Um, interesting that you brought up the World War II private-public partnership type thing. Um, shows you know your history. <laughs> it's not everybody does. Roosevelt used to, folks, um, take a guy from industry, a uh, business owner, and promote him to the rank of general in the army and it would piss off the career guys because they spent 20 25 years you know gaining the rank right and suddenly this guy just pops into existence because he got the yep. genie wish right um but that was the way that uh, roosevelt figured they needed to get influence on railways and things like that in order to get things done right so um so that's the same thing by the way they do with us on the civilian side you know i yeah. wasn't appointed but but you mm. you know i was an equivalent to a general officer mm. in the building. And, and obviously the career SCSs and generals, I would say, you know, don't like that too much, mm -hmm. right? Being just dropped, particularly right. at 38 years old, I was probably uh, 35 at the time. So that's uh, obviously a, a different story too. Yeah, very, very interesting. So what what is the biggest factor about China that you think they're gonna overtake and beat us on? Is it the, the economic simply, or is it technological military? What's the area? We but it's everything, right? That's the issue, right? You, you know, yeah. that's what China is doing very well, right? They don't have mm -hmm. the silos we have, you know, between DHS, Department of State, DOD, mm -hmm. right? It's a cohesive uh, a war engagement against the United mm -hmm. States to control the world. You know, both they infiltrated the schools, you know, the stuff we were talking about uh, with Stanford and, and all mm -hmm. that uh, woke nonsense has been pushed by China for 30 years. It's not, mm -hmm. it just took a long time to pay off.
that's the kind of investment that China is able to do, which is kind of the next generation, you know, uh, war fighting is it doesn't involve weapons, right? mm -hmm. not the normal kind of weapons. Um, <laughs> yeah. You see the that's same cool. now, you know, let's face it, they inv they've invested drastically both in, you know, in the, their Navy, Air Force, stealing IP, right, mm -hmm. but also um, you know, innovating on the machine learning data side, you know, they created the Shanghai Data Exchange back in 2016. Um, that was a uh, genius on their part, right? Um, no other nation had, had even realized uh, the importance of data. And the Ch Shanghai Data Exchange, you know, went to companies in the US and, and Europe and say, hey, if you want to sell to China, and, and other, you know, uh, companies, you can you can come sell your data to to in this mm. exchange like stock like stocks. And uh, oh, by the way, you know, the CCP is going to get a free copy of your data, but let's not talk about it. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and, and and then right, they they created this ecosystem of of data gathering uh, in massive volumes. On top of that, of course, they 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 you know they are a communist state, and they of course uh, have data on all their people with massive surveillance mm -hmm. and cameras. And uh, anything for, from uh, face prints and voice prints, and then of course we, we were dumb enough here in the U.S. and in Europe to allow TikTok to exist, mm -hmm. which is now the biggest uh, CCP intelligence weapon capability that they could ever dream about, mm -hmm. uh, gathering intel uh, of millions of, of uh, U.S. citizens. You have um, forty percent of kids under twenty-four use TikTok as a primary uh, search engine. Um, you know TikTok. Wow gather not only all your information from your phone at, at way more length and, and depth than any other app you have, but they also do uh, voice prints and, and face prints. Hmm. So now you're going to tie this with deep fakes. You're going you're gonna to see a, a massive wave of, of, of things we couldn't even uh, uh, you know think about uh, five years ago. And hmm. we gave them the keys to our next generations. Of course, they hacked OPM, so they have all the previous uh, government uh, data, but now they also have all the new generation as well, and so that's you know, and and let's not uh, forget that they control what they push and promote. Um, you know, China actually in Duyan, they did a study of of uh, of uh, the the algorithm, and they they realized it's as toxic as heroin, hmm. and and so they limited the use of uh, of uh, Duyan to uh, uh, one hour a day for kids under fourteen, and it's banned at night because the you know particularly the brain of of younger kids. You get addicted, you know, with a scroll up, right? Um, and that's that's just very, very uh, toxic. Um, and and of course, uh, uh, you know, when you're pushing on top of that the wrong kind of content, you you're not only making us dumber, uh, yeah. but but you also control what they get to see and not see. Right. No, there are people, Americans, uh, who I hear who are far away from national security, who I never thought would be talking about this, who are bringing up the danger of TikTok. Uh, and we've talked about sort of the hearts and minds thing. Um, what if a message is injected into TikTok for your teenagers saying Taiwan is a part of mainland China and always has been and just repeats that I mean, over and over they, and by over the way, It's again. already yeah. happening, right? Yeah. It's it's not maybe it's it's already slowly happening. It's not. And they're very smart, right? They never mm -hmm. go full scale, you know, explosion type, uh, you know, you know, uh, events. They, they do it slowly, incrementally. Right. It's they're very patient. Right. Um, and that's that's been the, their key of, of, of uh, the art of war and, and fighting uh, with the CCP. You know, they're very good at what they do. And, uh, you know, the fact that they're not fighting between departments and between agencies, right. you know, state has no clue what DOD does. There's just barely any engagement. Same for 
you know, commerce and DHS, you know, meanwhile, you know, China is laughing at us, right? And, right. and you know, our 81 pronouns. Right. I, <laughs> yes. They, uh, folks, Nick just brought up a great point about state and defense not really talking to each other. Um, this is not just Nick. I had Dave Walker, the past comptroller of the United States, uh, on twice on my show. Um, maybe more. <laughs> I like Dave a lot. And he's he brought up the fact that there's no cohesive strategy um, for for planning at, at all <laughs> between yeah. these departments and the budget in the United States. And and so you've got the the China is run by. Um, well, obviously, we know it's a dictatorship and they have more like agricultural folks, scientists uh, tech people and that our guys are all lawyers. <laughs> and so right. our guys keep our representatives keep fighting each other in a way. And, and so there's no long-term planning, particularly when you're a representative and you need to look two years, right. I need to get reelected. Uh, it's a different yeah, show it's, it's than over there where they're able to, I'm not saying they don't have infighting and, and intrigue and things like that, but they are able to plan longer and have more cohesiveness uh, with their budgets and their strategy than we are. Well, and, it, and when they do fight, though, it's never about the party, right? So it's mm. never going to go against the party. Mm. There's no dissident voice allowed, which is good and bad. You know, I guess it, you know they're going to pay the price. I'm not saying they're going to they're going to succeed at it, but but so far it doesn't look good. Good because you're also talking about 1.4 billion people that are very hardworking mm. and uh, love their nation, and uh, yeah. you know they're not waiting for us to figure it out. So. You know, term limits is probably a good option for Congress. Mm. But, you know, the other pieces, the silos in the government, you know, to talk about agencies, I would argue it's not just no coordination between state and commerce and DHS mm -hmm. and DOD. It's no coordination inside of DOD, inside mm. of state between the, the silos within these agencies. Mm. It's, it's mind boggling the reinventing the wheel and mm -hmm. lack of, of engagements and coordination. You know, when I created the DevSecOps initiative in DOD, we created the largest a community of practice, 1,200 people uh, and teams uh, were part of this uh, a community of practice. That was never, ever done at that kind of scale. And you took a lot of lot of outreach and engagements to get everybody at the table. But that paid off, you know, with adoption. Uh, and you're always going to find, you know, some toxic people that just want to have their little fiefdom. And, you know, the, looking at their success as if it's how... Mm how many the people measure. they have yeah. in their teams yeah. and budget, right? And yeah. that's very toxic. And you're not going to find that too much, you know, in, in China. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> you're reminding me of, of yes minister and yes prime minister with the, the victim idea. Right? Yeah. Uh, so Humphrey Appleby, <laughs> how, many, how many people you know, have I got working for me and what's my budget? And then continuity. But you know, it's that's interesting, it. <laughs> right? Because you, you can fall trapped to that, right? It, mm. You know, I, I found even myself being uh, getting a, a addicted to to the, the yes, sir, you know, people standing when mm. you walk in the room. Ego, it's your ego playing mm. against yourself, right? You, uh, you know, you get used to that because you know you, you you're trading off pay right mm -hmm. and so you're less mm -hmm. paid than you know at least for me you know that yeah. at least a 10x cut but but you know most people could at least make double or triple mm -hmm. but in exchange you're getting you know power right mm -hmm. and 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 it's addictive and mm -hmm. toxic and you know it, it, it is scary right and and the yes sir you know i remember when i said i would tell people to call me nick right and then mm -hmm. you know people always say you know no sir you know sir yes sir you know <laughs> and then I, I would get surprised or even sometimes annoyed when I left, right before I left, when people would call me Nick without calling me sir, 
right? Mm. So I became part of the problem again, right? Oh. And it, it's good to take a step back and realize all this stuff. Yes. Very, very interesting. Thank you for sharing that personal little bit there. Um, let's talk about InfraGuard for a moment. Um, it seems to be there like the security guys got hacked. Uh, folks, if you're not um, noticing, and I, I didn't because my assistant brought this to my attention, which is great. Good job, Maya. Um, that the, the FBI business database basically got hacked and, uh, yeah. and the hacker talked about how they did it and that um i'm curious about your opinion on it what could have stopped it from happening what other kinds of software-based platforms should be we worried about oh you know i've, I've never happening? been too impressed about the both the dhs and fbi data sharing mm -hmm. capabilities very much stuck you know uh 10 20 years uh you know mm -hmm. in time um you know obviously in this case it's, it's tough because you're dealing with eighty thousand, you know people ceos and other high-level executives, you know, in this case, a CEO of a company got, got uh, his account breached and then they managed to literally move into the system mm -hmm. and uh, exfiltrate the entire database. So now they know exactly who are the most valuable target in the mm -hmm. United States to target for cyber attacks, which is great <laughs> for China. Uh, you know, and, and it's it's just mind-boggling, obviously, kind of the lack of, of basic uh, cyber hygiene you know, multi-factor authentication. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's uh, the intel you get on these platforms is is very much, you know, um, not meeting the, the the level we should expect. But 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 at the same time, you know, what you've seen is, uh, um, you know, the FBI teams are are struggling to engage with the the, the private sector. You've seen maybe the. Uh, Twitter files, right, with, with the FBI engagements, mm -hmm. you know, you're crossing, you're threading on a, on a thin line, you know, when you when you reach out to companies, because again, you know, if, if you're starting to promote uh, different ideas of, of maybe limiting, uh, you know, misinformation, disinformation, Russia, 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 uh, you know, it, it might be true, it might be not true, maybe we're wrong, and it's not, you know, who knows, right, uh, the motivation, both of the, 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 the people in the FBI, but also you know, the companies. And it, it, it's just a very dangerous uh, set of engagements. I, Looking back after I read the Twitter file, right, I started to realize I, I too was probably the, the, the single government person that would engage the most with industry uh, mm. by far, right? I had, I had to ask me anything events, 80 questions uh, every two weeks live for two hours. You know, we had 750 companies that we brought into duty that never worked with the department before, you know, removing bottlenecks of accreditation and, and acquisition. So we, we, I mean, I really believe we need, you know, a deep integration and, and collaboration between the, the public uh, and the private sector. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I realized, you know, I was also pushing like companies to be better at security. And I would look at their, you know, uh, findings, cyber findings, like companies like Atlassian, you know, and, and be like, hey, you know, you, you have 1,200 CVEs. You need to do something about it. We're going to ban you, you know. So, you know, you're you know, you doing your job, right? I mean, you mm -hmm. want to keep uh, the warfighter safe and uh, the data safe and, and the nation safe. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a difficult line because you, you're playing. You have multiple hats throughout the day. And, again, the ego and, the, you know, the power could get to your head or mm -hmm. not. I don't think it did for me for, for these engagements. But I could see maybe from the outside how – people thought of me as either being their best friend or their biggest enemy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you're, is, you're the I most mean, by prominent. The way, my goal is to be yeah. disliked by 30% of the people. Okay. If, if you don't, <laughs> if you don't have a minimum, yeah. 
then you're yeah. not doing your job. So I'm okay right. with that, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Stand for nothing, fall for anything. So very, very important. Yeah. All right, second to last question here, Nick. You had posted a video about how to stop change management from being your biggest bottleneck. And as an OPEX guy, <laughs> what? <laughs> what the heck? Because there's culture and there's co-creation, maybe or maybe not, maybe dictation from above, right? Uh, yeah. Implementation, uh, people people fighting you without actually saying it, right? But they're resisting right. implementation of things like that. Very, very common, folks, This in any, any organization of any size. So I, I want to hear a bit more about that. Yeah, uh, well, there are multiple pieces, right? It's part of your broader DevSecOps engagement. Of course, you can get there without the basics of DevSecOps. You're going to have to watch the other videos. But, mm -hmm. you know, when it comes to the change management piece, if if you're moving to uh, what we call GitOps, which is kind of this concept where everything is in code, including your policies, access control, change management uh, policies, everything is now uh, a change of code. And to do that, you have multiple set of eyes to approve the change. Based on the criticality of the change, you could say, hey, I need two people to approve it, three people, right? So instead of having this big change management boards and meetings and monthly meetings, now it all becomes a get, get uh, pull request. And all people mm. got to do is, you know, connect to get and approve and reject, look at the change. And the, but the most important piece, of course, is how do you, how do you decide who, who has the power to approve or reject what change and yeah. under what constraint? And that's mm. where we, you know, we, we, we promote uh, both ruthless automation to remove humans when we don't we don't need them, mm -hmm. but also a delegation down to the to the right people. And I think that's part of the fiefdom nonsense mm -hmm. again. You know, people just like to keep the power right and keep the the, the control. If you delegate right to people uh, at the lower rank that 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 actually know the stuff, by the mm -hmm. way, better than you do, yep. uh, and they can make the right decisions, you're gonna see you know uh, slowly but surely uh, 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 not only better security but also uh, better innovation. You want to have control of that, and it cannot just be one person. So then you delegate to two or three people, right? Um, you've seen, you know, with FTX, they were effectively doing the same thing on over, uh, you know, chat on Slack, and and it was emojis that would approve or reject massive uh, spending of of expenses. That's probably not the best idea, uh, without any kind of tracking and stuff. But with Git, you have full control, full tracking. You can go back and see who did what, who approved what, how. You know, under what conditions, constraints, you know, and, and the Git system can also enforce different set of rules. In fact, we had multiple set of rules, so you couldn't override some decisions of the CI/CD pipeline, or you have to go and you know pass those scans and tests and things before you can approve it. And, and if you have to override the CI/CD pipeline, then you need more people to come and override that first to be able to then approve the change. So, so you you have this kind of uh, you know, baked in change management process okay. in a day on a daily basis instead of compounding it to weekly, monthly meetings. Okay, I think uh, you saying that what jumped into my mind was Oracle, uh, produced by a French company. Their open source, low level flight dynamics library, and I think it was it was open source decision making too. Like the the whole party, yep. the whole group voted on what do we do next. What what yep. future do we develop next? And I really like that. It's like Elon yeah. Musk votes on votes on Twitter, I guess. Same, right, same, right. Same Remember, Twitter folks, the frontline people are touching the problem. <laughs> so yeah. it's great. It's great to be a manager or a leader or whatever. But don't forget, and I never forget this: you are abstract. You are abstract at several levels from the actual problem, right? With your spreadsheets, your reports, your pro forma statements, etc. You are not really dealing with 
reality there. You are dealing with a right. summarized version of it. And so the people on the front I can tell line, you, by the time he gets to you, it's already, you know, five layers different from yeah. what, you know, I, I would look at briefs and, you know, I would be part of the teams in big mm -hmm. uh, duty programs. And by the time he got to SecHalf, I can tell you the story went to like, hey, we're, we're, we're in a terrible shape to like, we're the best team ever, right? Uh, <laughs> and and SecHalf is hearing all this uh, completely false uh, advertising from the duty teams. And, uh, you know, that was very scary to me to see kind of slowly from a you know from the major to the to the to the one star two star four star to the mm. sec half how the the deck would would evolve into a, a good story um mm. you know I, I can't i can't help to believe that is it's malicious mm. okay well it's yeah not dealing with reality <laughs> that's that's terrible yeah. right uh the highest value life, of this company is, rest, you know? yeah, yeah. Our, our highest value here at cold star is the truth with capital t's and uh, yep. that often makes me have to grit my teeth and take my medicine and not enjoy <laughs> you know, what's yep. going on at the moment. But no, hey, I can steer the ship here. We can we can right. actually go somewhere rather than believing that everything's great. So, Nick, let's wrap up with this. Who do you want to talk to? What kind of conversations do you want to have? And how pe can people connect with you? Yeah, so they, the best way to connect to us is, is on LinkedIn and reach out uh, directly there. Um, you know, we want to talk to everybody that that's in, in tech innovation, you know, um, we need to do better in, in some industries like automotive, mm. uh, space, you know, uh, banking. I think we want to expand next year to broader than than just, you know, government. Uh, we also want to do better on the .gov side. Uh, didn't have enough guests, you know, when it comes to uh, uh, DHS. IRS, you know, all the uh, .gov mm. agencies. So, uh, yeah, we love, you know, reach out to us. You know, we're booked three, three, four months ahead, but, but you know, we can get you on schedule and, and get you uh, to be the next speaker. And, and you know, the the views you get is 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 pretty fun and you, you get live questions. So you get to see what people think about right. what you're talking about and get some feedback on that too. So that's always good. So and that's very important. Yep. Folks get out of the building, get out of the bubble, go talk to Nick. No no <laughs> great, great experience. All right, Nick, Nick Shalan, thanks for doing this. Appreciate you very much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining Nick Shalan and I on the Cold Star Project. If you are looking for help with commercializing your space or defense concept, get a hold of us, go to coldstartech.com and pick a time to speak with me. And in the meantime, I also recommend you go check out the America's Future Series website and see what national security and space tech conferences are coming up. We'll see you again soon.